Welcome back to the Savvy Citizen Podcast. This is our special Halloween spooktacular, and we are joined with folks from the Dallas Branch Library and the museum, and we are talking ghost stories, local ghost stories. Stick around to find out about the hauntings that have taken place in our county. It's the bell of the ball for fall in Gaston County. That's right, Cotton Ginning Days returns. Happening this year, Friday, October 13th to Sunday, October 15th. There's a kids' county fair, live music, local vendors, and of course, the Cotton Gin will be returning all weekend long. Come out and join us at Dallas Park where the food is always good and parking and admission are free. Welcome back to another episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. With me today uh, is Alexander Brooks from the museum, the Gaston County Museum, who is the education manager. We have Holly Walker from the uh, Dallas Branch Library, as well as Karen Turner from the Dallas Branch Library, and my special co-host, Mr. Gavin Stewart. Hey, what's up? (laughs) Hey, guys. So, guys, this is our Halloween spooktacular, and we've got a special show for you today. So today we are talking all about local ghost stories, and I want to start with the library, folks, because this is a new story for you guys, I'm sure. You've heard Alex talk about some ghost stories, but the library folks have a ghost story to tell us about, so... I'm going to just let y'all go ahead and tell the story. (laughs) Um, Well, uh, at the Dallas Branch, we had a little ghostly activity at the end of last year. Uh, We have a very long set of bookcases that we put displays on top of. Okay. And we kept coming in and finding part of our Christmas display in the floor. And we were like, well... What, what could this be? And our cameras don't reach the top of that, so we could not see what was going on. So we kept putting it back and putting it back. And then one day, I came in. Holly had come in and left, and there was a book on the tape on our desk. And she said, this was in the floor. So our, uh, my coworker, Ethan, did some research on our cameras. Okay. And the book just fell off the shelf in our lucky day section. And there is no explainable reason that that book could would have fallen off the shelf. It was very level and it just boom <laughs> fell over. Wow. And landed in the floor. So no logical explanation. No. And we were talking before we left the branch today. Um, there's been some other things there. We've When we're in there and there's no patrons in there, it'll sound like someone is over in our uh, adult fiction section shuffling books. And our other coworker, Maya, said that sometimes when she gets there before anybody else, she'll hear stuff shuffling around in our courier closet. Wow. Yeah. So, so for those who haven't actually been there, this is a pretty small building. 
Yes. So that's not yes. exactly. Uh, I feel like that's a little. That's a. That's a little scary. You you would definitely know if someone was in the library with yes. you. It's, yes. it's, it's not like you know someone's going to be hiding back in the stacks. You would you would absolutely know when somebody's in the building. Yeah. Yes, because you can literally just turn around. Like, do a full 360 and see the library. Yes. <laughs> the only place you can't see is our meeting room. Right. But I... It stays... Yeah. Yeah. It, it stays locked when we're not having a program and we've got the cameras to see in there. So, yes. so Holly, when you walk into the building and you see this book on the floor, like, what was your first thought, though? I was kind of curious as to what had happened. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not uh, unfamiliar with ghostly activities in the libraries in general. So I'm like, okay, do we actually have a ghost? Because I didn't think we did for the longest time. Uh-huh. Um, and I was heading out to an outreach that morning. So I didn't have time to investigate why it was on the floor. I just knew it hadn't been on the floor before we left. And then there it was. Wow. Yes. That is amazing. And Ethan caught all this on video. Well, he found it. Found the yes. video. Found the video. He He's very good at researching, and he just watched the video and finally found where it just fell off the shelf. That and, is amazing. And there's other libraries in the system that also have some um, ghosties. Yes. Some unexplainable activities. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Permanent patrons. Yes. <laughs> And I have experienced it now in two. Oh, really? Yes. What's the other one? Um, when I worked at the Bessemer City Branch, my first week, I was sitting at the desk that faces our adult fiction. It's something about adult fiction. <laughs> and three separate books in three different places at the very same time fell off the shelf. Wow. And I'm like... Well, all righty then. And then uh, the other thing that happened to me personally, the libraries, the branches used to be open till eight, one night a week. Right. And I was at the branch in Bessemer uh, with my coworker. She was in the restroom. I had stepped into our meeting room to put something up. Our inner door had a little wind chime on it. Okay. And I heard the wind chime go off, yelled out, hey, I'll be right there, and immediately ran out the door, and Bessemer's not even bigger than Dallas. Right. There was nobody there. And Bessemer has a full glass front Mm -hmm. little area. So you could definitely see if someone had, like, opened the door and then not come in. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Fun, fun. They look ghosties like me. Uh, apparently yeah that is so wild i love ghost stories i know they i know definitely that belmont has a ghost as well the belmont branch um when i was still working there we think it's the uh, um i believe it her name is minnie the benefactor who set aside the money for the belmont branch okay um one afternoon it was the afternoon that we closed early um me and the manager there miss katie we're observing our afternoon kiddos from coming up from the, from the middle school. And when we got back from observing out the window, we had a shelving cart that stayed in the middle of the floor for books that needed to be reshelved. And when we turned back around, the cart was closer to us and out of the middle of the floor. Neither of us had moved it. Neither of us heard it moving. And we're like, what just happened? <laughs> See, I'd be like... It's telling you to get back to work. Excited like. and somewhat <laughs> horrified. <laughs> 
we we were a little bit. Yeah, she's like, uh, okay, Minnie, please don't do that again, right? It's yes. like, um, it's Minnie, you're making us very uncomfortable. Very much so. Yes. Are there any stories to support some of the uh, things that y'all have experienced at not only Dallas but that you've heard that you've heard? Like, is there hearsay between employees? Like, I'm just curious. Not. I was going to say, most of the ones that have been related to us, we don't have any supporting facts, only what happened to us. We've named whatever it is at at the Dallas branch, Wilma, who was the first librarian at the Dallas branch. As far that we can tell through the research that we've done. Okay. We don't know if that's who that is, but but we're naming her Wilma for now. (laughs) Well, I find it interesting that both at Dallas and at Bessemer, it's or and even Belmont, that they could be women. Could it be because it's librarians? Well, yeah, <laughs> yes. Historically, librarians have been women. We so. were talking about this because the things that happened at Dallas started about the time that my coworker Ethan yes. was hired, and so our theory is that. Wilma was a little upset that a young man had been hired to work in the library. <laughs> Although I know that some young men had worked there. Yes. Right. But he does a great job, so I think she's happy now. So <laughs> That's interesting. Because wow. this, the stuff started about the time he was hired. It really did, yes. yes. I don't know if it was just happenstance or what it was. Or could it be that maybe he brought her with him? Uh, they say that sometimes, you know, those things can attach or, to people. Or his energy opened up. Yes. <laughs> the world her. may never know. I, mean, <laughs> I, I grew up on ghost stories, and that's why I do these North Carolina ghost stories every year. And I'm so excited to be partnering with Alex and the museum to be able to share this Um this is kind of in honor of my mom. Okay. She was a, a fourth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And fourth grade is normally North Carolina history. And that's why she would always bring out North Carolina ghost stories. I've been reading them and researching them since I was tiny. Oh. I love them. And I've had several paranormal things happen to me over my adult life. Wow. You know, it's wonderful that you bring that up because that is a perfect segue to bring Alex into this conversation <laughs> to talk about Oh, come on now. I'm, I'm sitting here enjoying listening to others museum. other than my mind. <laughs> yeah. So no. now, Alex, you know, this has been just a story that I've heard for as long as I've lived in Gaston County, which is pretty much all my life that the museum is haunted. So talk to us about the ghost at the museum. Oh, we have several. <laughs> we have several. They And they make themselves known all the time. Um, probably the best known, um, as far as the public is concerned, is the Blue Lady. Um, that's that's one. When I, when I moved down here 20-some-odd um, years ago, that was, that was one of the first ghost stories for um, the whole area that I had heard was was the blue lady of the Dallas Museum. Um, and the there's not a lot known about her. It, it's basically um, usually around 
September, October. And I, I find that interesting that it's not just October because, you know, it, apparently ghosts only come out when it's October. <laughs> um, but um, but no, it's 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 generally in the fall. The fall months is when everybody has seen her. Um, it's always on the third floor. Um, it's always, you know, looking if, if you're facing the museum, if you're facing um, the hotel, which are, is our primary building, um, and you look up on the third floor, and you look up on the right hand side. Um, it's usually in one of those windows and you'll see a woman um, standing there and there's some debate as to whether or not, you know, she's in a blue dress or she's blue. Um, so, you know, I don't don't know which which of the two it is. Um, she is she and I have not made an acquaintance yet. So um, I, I've been there for 15 years. I'm still waiting. Um, but uh, yeah, she she is probably our most famous. I mean, we've we've had. Um, We've had former police officers who've worked in Dallas who have who've come up and told us, you know, yeah, that was a, a regular thing that they would see her, you know, pretty much yearly driving by, you know, middle of the night, they're on patrol and everything. And you glance up and, yep, there's there's a woman, a blue woman up in the in the hotel. And, and museum is shut off, museum's closed, you know, there's, there's nobody up there. Um, we have had a couple of, of situations where we've we've terrified somebody because we were in the museum, and they happened to look up and see us, and you see them, you know, <laughs> yeah. do a double take. But um, but that that's you know, we have some fun with that. But um, you but, mentioned other ghosts. Yes, yes, we we do have several. Um, like I said, the the blue lady is she's pretty well confined to the third floor. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've never heard of her traveling anywhere else. Okay. Um, in the building. Um, we do have, no, we have a suspicion as to who she is. Um, we think she might be, uh, Miss Mabel Hoffman. Okay. Um, and the only reason we say that is because, um, Mabel, um, you know, the, the hotel, when it was a hotel, um, it was run by the Hoffman family for years, mm-hmm. um, through several generations. And Miss Mabel was well known for opening up the windows and she liked to play the piano. And you could, you could supposedly hear her playing the piano, you know, down the street and everything. Um, and for years we had a pump organ up on the third floor and it would occasionally just play. And this is not, if you're familiar with pump organs, um, this is not an instrument that plays by itself. Um, we've act, we actually, we have to call somebody in to, to tune it and do upkeep on it fairly regularly. And, um, we actually queried him about this cause we were like, you know, yeah, you know, it's somebody's, somebody's just pumped up some extra air in there and, you know, it's just the air escaping and it's making, mm-hmm. making a noise and everything. And he got really serious and he was like, no, that is not how this instrument works. That is physically impossible. That, that cannot happen. Um, you have to be actively working the pedals pulling levers and playing in order for this instrument to actually make a noise. Wow. Um, and the thing of it is, is it doesn't make like, you know, it's not like, huh, you know, it, it doesn't make like, you know, just <laughs> random, you know, air escaping type noise. It plays music. I mean, it's, it's, we'll be sitting in our office and you can, we can hear people walking up and down the stairs. I mean, we, we know when there's people in the galleries, we know, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a 150 plus year old building. I mean, we. Right. Everything creaks in that building. Exactly. I mean, we, we know we can, I can identify my, my coworkers by their footsteps. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, there'll be, there'll literally be no, and we have cameras up there as well. And so, I mean, we've, we've checked the cameras. Okay. It's, you know, it's three 30. I hear the plump organ playing, go out there. There's nobody out there. Check the cameras. There's nobody out there. But it'll it'll actually be playing music. But yeah, that's um, amazing. Now, since then, we've moved the pump organ to the first floor. It hasn't played since. Really? Yeah. What kind of music were you hearing? Um, I, I would I would classify it as like classical, but I mean, it just you know general piano. It 
popular piano music. Um, now, popular win, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> not, not that big a fit of, of a music aficionado, but, you know, just a tune, you know, just a, a little a little tune. Um, never, never anything particularly long, but yeah. But Probably not like the Goo Goo Dolls. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no Mayhem Steamroller, no, you know, it's not, nothing instantly identifiable, but yeah, yeah. She would play it fairly regularly. But yeah, we do have, um, we do have other ghosts. We, um, there's one, we, we have no evidence that it is this gentleman, but we say it's Jonas and he's, he responds to it. So we follow him. Um, Jonas was the second owner of the hotel. Okay. Um, and he was the, the nephew of the, um, original owner, Daniel and Jonas, um, apparently had from, from at least from family, um, stories and whatnot, um, had a little bit of a reputation as a, as a bit of a prankster, you know, it's like that goofy uncle that likes to play jokes on you and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and he still does. <laughs> um, we think he's, he's utterly fascinated with the elevator. Um, I, I think he really, really kicks, gets a kick out of this whole elevator thing. Okay. Um, because that's where he hangs out the most. Um, now he, he will play other pranks. He'll hide stuff from us and we'll, we'll find, um, we'll find, you know, things will go missing. Um, money in the gift shop cash drawer and then it'll show up like in the middle of the floor you know um it, random things like that that is so wild oh yeah um you know it's stuff like that but it, the elevator is where he really hangs out and it's you know we have our elevator serviced regularly <laughs> you know it it is in tip-top working order um but uh, it will do, you know that thing that occasionally you know you'll have an elevator do where it it starts to shut the door and then it like opens right back up again, doesn't fully shut and everything. Yes. You know, do that two or three times and then it'll shut. And I, with ours though, there's quite a few times where, and, and we've tested it, we've played with it because we're curious. Um, but it'll start to do that. And then you, you wait and it'll just keep on doing it. Um, I've counted 17 times. And it won't stop until you say, Jonas, please get on. I'm, I'm late for a meeting or whatever. And then it'll shut. And then you can go back and the next time it'll start to do it. And it'll do it one or once or twice. He's like, Jonas, go ahead and get on. And it'll shut. And you wait the next time, you know, and wait and let it do it five or six times. Jonas, come on, man. So he <laughs> wants to be acknowledged. He wants to be acknowledged. And it, as soon as you invite him on the elevator with you, though, it'll shut. It's fine. In the case of the blue lady, you mentioned the, I, the pump organ used to be on the third floor. Now on the first floor, you haven't heard it since. Mm -hmm. The gift shop recently moved. Yes, it did. So I'm wondering if we're going to we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. And we're, we're also, uh, a lot of our sales are moving to Square, too. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what he does. But he, he has, he's messed with other things, too. I mean, you know, he'll, and, you know, a, a lot of it is is random things that you can't really, you know, say, oh, my God. You know, it's, it's not like a, a book flying off in the middle yeah. of the night type right. of thing, you know. But, <laughs> but, you know, it'll it'll be, you know, random things of, you know, hey, I, I, I know I laid my pen down here and I step out and I come back and my pen is, you know, over there or right. something like that. So it'll, yeah, he, he moves stuff around, but yeah, we'll, we'll see if anything happens with the, with the move of the gift shop as well. <laughs> so now Alex, the last time we were over at the, um, the museum, we were all chatting and everything. 
You guys mentioned there was some sort of sweet smell that just kind of shows up at random. Oh, so that's actually not at the museum. That's not at the museum. Now, where no, is that? That is that's another old um, Dallas or not Dallas, but Gaston County ghost story. That's the Red Eye Devil. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know this story. So okay. the Red Eye Devil um, supposedly uh, walks along the banks of the South Fork. Okay. And, you know, it it's starts off with a very, very similar tale to, you know, just about anywhere else you live in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go out into these certain woods and there's some creature out there that has red eyes and it chases you through the woods. You know, right. I think we've all heard a story. Exactly. Right Every, everybody everywhere has grown up with that kind of story. Um, ours is a little different um, because you smell our devil first. And it's this sort of sickly sweet. It smells like a gas station cigar. I mean, like, think Swisher Sweets. Think a really just okay. god-awful cigar, okay? Um, and supposedly whenever you smell that smell, if you look around and, and you're in the woods on the bank of the South Fork, then you'll you'll see a figure, a human figure, and it has red eyes. And if you try to get closer to the figure, um, because, you know, we, we've had some folks that were like, you know, somebody's on my property, so they go to confront this individual and everything they go Um, and investigate yeah (laughs) um (laughs) i don't know about you guys if i see anybody with red eyes i'm i'm not investigating Uh, (laughs) Uh, my jurisdiction no exactly (laughs) um but uh you know someone with a badge and a gun can go after that um but uh no so supposedly though as you get closer to him he gets bigger and he's, he gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Nope. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, uh, but also that smell sticks to you. And they say that's the way the devil tracks you. And nope. So I, I always say, you know, if, if, power. exactly. If, if I come home smelling like a, a gas station cigar and everything, the last story anybody in my family is going to believe is that I was out in the woods with the red-eyed devil. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that that is amazing. I've never heard that story. That's kind of horrifying. <laughs> but okay, so guess where I won't be going. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, but um yeah, we have we've had several um several ghosts at the museum. You know, we we see, you know, you'll you'll see at the corner of your eye, you know, somebody walk in and a lot of our galleries are are very similar to the library and the fact that, you know, you're once you're in that room, you can see the entire room, you know. There's right. not not that many twists and turns, but um you know, you'll, our, our curator actually had an incident uh, this past Wednesday, uh, as a matter of fact. Oh, um, tell us more. Yeah, so she was, um, she was hanging uh, our newest art show, which opens tonight. And um, so, you know, it's whenever we hang a show, we, we shut down that gallery. So we, we, doors are locked. You, public cannot come in and out um, and everything because we'll have artwork lying around and everything. You don't want people, you know, accidentally coming in and tripping over something, breaking something right. and everything. Um, but yeah, so she was, she was up in, uh, the gallery. It was shut down. She was, she was in there by herself. She was hanging things and she saw, um, she saw something move out of the corner of her eye. And, you know, and when I say something moved, she said, you know, it was very obvious. It was like somebody, you know, was sort of like walk, walked by. Yeah. It was like walking in her peripheral vision and everything. And she turned around cause she assumed it was one of us. I mean, you know, cause of course we all have keys and we, you know, we can walk through there and everything. Um, and she turned around and there was nobody in there. Wow. Okay. But yeah, we, we've pretty, it's, it's pretty common with the staff will, staff will hear people walking. You'll hear people talking. You'll hear, um, 
you know, you'll, you'll see somebody go past and everything. So yeah, it's very, very active place when it was, uh, you know, throughout its entire history and still is. <laughs> That's amazing. So if you are just joining us, we are talking ghost stories. And the reason we're talking ghost stories in this lovely uh, Halloween spooktacular is because there are ghost tours on the horizon. And that's what we want to talk about before we get to our final ghost story. So tell us a little bit about the ghost tours that are finally coming back. (laughs) Um, So we took a little bit of a hiatus. um, But yeah, we're we're coming back. And I would say bigger and better this year because we're bringing the the folks from the library in on it. Um, But we're going to be having uh, the last two Fridays of October, uh, the 20th and the 27th. We're going to have our our spooky s'more tour. Um, so it will start off with you basically going around the, the historic uh, court square um, with either myself or our program's assistant, Casey. And you'll get to hear all about local Dallas ghost stories, um, of which there are several. And then we'll head back to the museum proper Um at night, you know, all, all of this is going to take oh, place in the dark. <laughs> um, go back in the backyard and um, Karen and Holly will be back there and they will have the fire pit and s'mores and more North Carolina and I believe South Carolina too. Ghost uh, stories? Or just, just North Carolina? I am just doing North Carolina. Okay. But I'm also including my own personal experiences. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. So this is going to be October 20th and 27th. Yes. Um, the last two Saturdays? Mm-hmm. Uh, last Friday. two Fridays. Last two Fridays yes. of October. So ghost stories, s'mores, sounds fun yes. and a little hop, creepy. Hop oh, on. Yes. You can uh, you can get your tickets on the museum's website. Okay. And what's the museum's website? It's GastonCountyMuseum.org. GastonCountyMuseum.org. All right. How much are tickets now? They're $10. Okay. Nice. That'll, that'll get you two hours worth of stories and s'mores. <laughs> Everybody loves s'mores. It sounds like it'll be a nice group activity and potentially for the family too. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be family friendly. You know, we're not going to put anything out there that's going to jump out at you. I don't guarantee anything won't jump out at you, but we're not going to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't know what Mabel and Jonas might have planned. I mean, you know, it's, it's, always, a, uh, it's always up in the air for those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have time for one last ghost story, and it is probably the most popular ghost story in Gaston County. We are going to talk about the Spencer Mountain ghost. <laughs> so I grew up hearing stories about this, and Gavin... I think you grew up hearing stories. Oh, yeah. I grew up off of Dallas Spencer Mountain Road. So basically to go to Franklin Square or the movies or anywhere, you had to pass the Spencer Mountain House and just looming over the road. Yeah. Looking very ominous. ominous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Alex, do we have some kind of history about, like, this property? Because the house is no longer there, but everyone remembers like just hearing stories where people have seen things, heard things. Right. Um, So I'm going to be honest. I I couldn't find a ton about the, um, the the origins of the house itself. Okay. Um, I've heard it called by several names. I mean, I've heard it called the far mansion, um, which I don't believe, you know, the, the family had anything to do with, with that beyond the, I think the mill ended up eventually owning that property. Um, I've heard it called the love house, um, which honestly I think is, is probably a lot more accurate. Um, uh, I believe it was Thomas Love, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that. Um, Mr. Love. 
We'll call him just Mr. Love. Um, he worked for uh, that mill that was right there. Okay. Um, and he actually worked for them twice. He actually worked there briefly and then left and then came back um, and was one of the part owners of the mill. Um, and so it, it stands to reason that um, it, it probably was built most likely by him, I would think. Um, but just having his name attached to it in that manner and it, and it being right there by the mill. Um, and the mill of course is, is, has long since gone as well. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a family home, um, for a very long time. And then eventually, uh, I don't know what happened, why the family no longer owned it. If, if they gave it to the town or they gave it to the community, what happened exactly? I know it was used as a, um, a community center, for like a citizen center for a long time. Um, there, there's a lot of people still around that I uh, remember, I think back in like in the sixties and seventies that, um, you know, their, their four H club would meet there and, you know, they would, they would go there like after school and there would be like activities and, you know, for, for kids and teenagers and what have you and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they talked about, you know, having, you know, um, like, I don't know, citizen meetings there for like elections and all that kind of stuff. Cause Spencer Mountain was always a fairly, fairly small town, um, right. even within Gaston County. Um, and then eventually, you know, it, it, it did fall into ruins and everything, um, or not really ruins, I would say, but you know, it, it became abandoned. It was no longer used, um, as, as a, an actual active building. And, um, but so the story goes that, that I'm aware of, um, was that, you know, of course it, any abandoned building, you know, once it gets spooky enough looking becomes haunted. <laughs> um, right. But, uh, but yeah, there was, um, apparently from what I understand, and, and there's, I'm sure plenty of people in the, in the community that can come back and tell me, you know, nope, this is exactly what happened. Um, because this wasn't that long ago, but there, um, the local fire department, uh, decided to use it as a haunted house, um, as an attraction, um, you know, to, as a sort of a fundraiser, community fundraiser and everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, they set it up and you know, had, uh, had a lot of people come through it and stuff, but apparently they had a massive issue with, um, people getting scratched, um, like scratched and bitten and hit and everything. And it was not the actors on the inside. It was, and it, a lot of times it was actually the firemen themselves who were actually like staffing it, um, were getting scratched. And supposedly there was at least one gentleman, I've not been able to find his name, um, but one of one of the firemen actually like ended up getting really badly um, hurt and like just left the building, like in the middle of the attraction, left the building and would not come back. Um, and supposedly everybody that said that either saw something or heard something and everything said it was a young woman that was scratching them, that, that she would like come after them. And then when, you know, they would like turn around to defend themselves from her and everything and she was gone. Um, but yeah. Wow. Now, does are there any theories as to who this young woman may be? Not a clue. A few years ago, we had heard uh, we had heard about this story, um, and when we had started looking at at local ghost stories and everything, we this one of course popped up, and we we started trying to um, find a few more details about it and and that sort of thing. And you know, instantly, one of the first things you look for is you know, okay who died in the building, <laughs> you right. know, did anything happen in this building? You know, something, something horrific happening, you know, some kind of accident, you know, a murder, you know, any, anything like that. Um, like Jonas, Jonas actually died at, at the hotel. We know that he, okay. he actually passed away there on the property. Um, but when we, um, 
when we started investigating um, the Love Mansion, no. To the best that we can find, there's nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. I've done um, research on it, too. I can't find yeah. anything. Yeah. I mean, to the best of our... We can't find anything. Did they say anything about what the... Um what the lady looked like and what she was wearing? Uh, young girl. That that's. I mean, and I say young, like like teenage, young young woman, I should say. Um, but that's that's the only thing ever really. That is pretty consistent. Um, not nothing as far as like what she's wearing or like a, t- a you know a time period. Like you know we we talk about um, you know some some of our ghosts. We talk they they show up in a very very specific outfit and everything and so you can sort of like dressing okay. at yeah at that time exactly you yeah. say okay well you know that's that's 18 you know that's 1916 that's spanish flu era sure okay you know that that tracks um but yeah no for her it's just young woman young woman mm-hmm. wow I, I can't confirm the year but for any of those who want to go look the house is officially torn down i think yes. it was torn down in 2016 mm-hmm. so uh yeah, don't try to go look for it. You're not going to find anything. No. Nothing no, to the, trespass. The, there, right. There's nothing up there, um, and, and the police will come after you. Yep. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it is it is posted, you know. Um, but, yeah, there, there's nothing up, up there to see. Um, there was a rumor um, when we originally started looking into it, there was uh, the rumor that, you know, it was built in an old cemetery and everything, and that's why it's right. not, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, there there are some graves uh, fairly nearby, um, it's, it's actually the ancestors of our Hoffmans. Um, but, uh, but there, but it's not on the same property. It's, it's a little ways away. And there, there was an actual like full cemetery, but it's not there either. It's, it's actually down the road a little bit. Okay. So I guess that's going to remain a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> now, you used to be able to see the small Hoffman cemetery from the yes. road. It's grown up a little bit now, just like everything in Spencer Mountain. But yeah. it stands pretty tall. It is. It, it's up on a hill. Um, and it was pretty it, – it had a relatively new stone added um, not terribly long ago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was um, – they like you say, it's, it's grown up and everything now. But, um, yeah, nothing, nothing ever really, you know – stories from the from those particular individuals i think i think they're quite happy to just you know rest (laughs) in peace in peace (laughs) well that's great uh great stories i love ghost stories and if you want to hear ghost stories then we advise you to go out to the museum uh, on friday october 20th or the 27th which is also a Friday, and check out the ghost tours, have some s'mores. So Alex, Holly, Karen, thank you so much for joining us. Gavin, always a pleasure. Thank you for having us. And thank thank you guys for listening. Now playing from the Gaston County Communications Office, a brand new documentary series, cold cases from police departments across the county, some going back more than 50 years. Join us as we breathe new life into these murders and missing persons cases. Maybe you have the very clue police need to turn these cases from cold to closed. Gaston Unsolved, new episodes monthly on demand for viewing on the Gaston County Government YouTube page. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Savvy Citizen Podcast. 
It's produced by the Gaston County Communications Office with hosts Janet Schaefer, Danjuri Bradley, Elizabeth McGee, and Adam Gobb. Joshua Braswell serves as executive producer, and Gavin Stewart serves as field reporter and producer. Please like us and share reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Next week on the show, we're previewing a new event coming to Gaston County, but one that is recognized across the globe. It's GIS Day, and we're talking to you a little bit about some of the maps and some of the geocaching activities that you can expect to find at this year's event.